0: But the reason we want people to the Lord is because we know that one day they're going to die. If nobody died, we wouldn't have to worry about it. But since everybody is going to die, everybody needs to know how to go to heaven. If there's anything you want to get right in this whole world, it ought to be you're right about how to go to heaven. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to come to church for 20, 30, 40 years? And then you die and you don't go to heaven because you really didn't get it. You thought you had it. You thought he had it nailed down, but you weren't really saved. Now, I know that there's people who think they are saved, and they're not saved because I've led many people to the Lord that have not really trusted Christ as their Savior. I got a couple this morning on my email. Now I know I'm saved. Now I know I'm going to heaven when I die, and they didn't know it before. I've had pastors from the Philippines in other countries where the people, now I finally get it. So, it's not something that everybody understands, but I want you to take your Bible very quickly and turn to the book of 2 Peter and chapter 3. 2 Peter and chapter 3. Because it is the will of God for everyone who trusts Christ as Savior to grow in the Lord. Grow in In grace, to grow up. Somebody said, "Well, where did you grow up?" Well, I I grew up in Athens, Georgia. Well, somewhere along the line, I had to first get to Athens, Georgia. I can't grow up in Georgia. But where did you grow up? Tampa, Florida. Have you ever lived there? No. Well, you may have a problem with that. Something doesn't jive. No. What the Bible says here in verse 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But in verse 18, he's talking to the believers. Christians can fall from their faithfulness to the Lord. They can't lose salvation. Once you're saved, you're always saved. But you may not always be walking with the Lord. And you can stumble and you can fall. So he says here in verse 18, but... And here's those three words grow in grace. You can't grow in grace unless you are in grace. You have to get in grace before you can grow. No person can grow into salvation. You have to first have salvation before you can grow in grace. You have to get in grace. And that's the problem. Many people think they are. They have people that profess the Lord. I believe in Jesus. Where are you going to go when you die? Well, hell if I don't change. But I believe in Jesus. I've been saved. From what? Can you still go to hell in the future? Well, yes. Then you don't get it. You don't understand it. And if somebody was to ask you this question, you mean I can go out here and live as I please? Still go to heaven when I die? Say, oh, no, 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 no. They don't get it. You mean you're trying to tell us that you can go out here and live like you please and still go to heaven when you die? If you trust in Christ as Savior, yes. And any preacher who says, no, don't get it. They don't understand the gospel because they still believe that you ought to live as a Christian in order to go to heaven and be so close and so far away. I want you to take your Bible and turn with me very quickly to the book of uh, Matthew in chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 Just to show you this very quickly, we won't spend much time here, but in Matthew in chapter 7. And while you turn in there, some of you already have your scriptures found, but look there in the introduction. While they appear to be on the opposite extremes of the theological spectrum, the consistent Calvinist, uh, that's who believes in perseverance of the saints. Well, if you really got it, you're going to live it. And if you don't live it, you don't have it. So you have to live it to prove that you got it. But if you don't live it, well, then who becomes the judge of how well you live living it? How well do you have to live it? Well, you got to live the Christian life. Okay, how well? I mean, can I miss church once or twice? And if I miss three times in a row, I'm kicked out. You know, like in college classes, unexcused absences. The next statement, if you don't live it, it's because you never had it. And the absolute Armenian who believes you can lose your salvation arrive at the same conclusion in the end. In other words, if you believe in Calvinism and you have to limit it to prove that you got it, then you can't know you really had it until you die. And if you're an Armenian you believe you can be saved today but lose it in the future you really don't know you won't lose it so you still have to wait till you die to find out if you got it. That's not the gospel. that is not good news to anybody. Good news is that you can be justified today, declared righteous, be given the free gift of eternal life, and God will never cast you out, never lose you for the rest of your life. Now, for example, I trusted the Lord when I was 18 years old, and Christ paid for all my sins, and I'm going to heaven when I die. Regardless of whatever I've done, I'm forgiven. But, what if I had waited? Because now some people say, well, you can't go out here and live like the devil and still expect to go to heaven. If you do all these bad things, now he's going to kick you out. All right? Let's say I didn't trust the Lord when I was 18. I'm going to wait till I'm 99. And I'm going to live to 99. But if I trust the Lord when I'm 99, everything I've ever done, regardless of how bad it was, God will save me and forgive me for all those bad things I've done. Up till I'm 99 years old, and I trust the Lord. If he can do that when I'm 99, why couldn't he have done the same thing when I was 18? Because see, all those sins that I'm going to commit, he already paid for it. So it's not when I trust Christ as my Savior, it's that what did he do for me? He paid for all of my sins. Not just up to the time I was 18 years old, and then the rest of it doesn't count, and I can't, I can't go to heaven because I do all these bad things in the future. My destination is not based upon how I live my life. It's on whom did I trust to save me. And that's grace. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I didn't deserve it then. And then after 58 more years, I still do not deserve it. But I'm going to go to heaven because Christ paid for my sins. Now look here in Matthew chapter 7. Look at verse 21. You'll have to admit that there were some people who professed the Lord but did not possess the Lord see verse 21 not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me in that day Lord Lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and thy name done many wonderful works so they believed they should go I could come in and I told somebody just this the other day. I said, let's just pretend I'm God. I always like it when I pretend. I'm God. This is my heaven. And you just die. and You show up at the pearly gates. And I say, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you tell me? And i every one of them, because I've been good. Because I've been good. I'm sorry, but you have to be perfect. Well, nobody's perfect. That's the point. That's why you had to accept somebody who was You'll get in on His account. See, Jesus Christ went and paid for all the sins of all the world. And you have to come through Christ. No man cometh unto the Father except through the Son. You don't come through Christ, you don't go. You don't get in. And it doesn't matter how good of a life you've lived and how meaningful you were and sincere you were, but you don't go. So you can profess that, well, I know, I've been to church all my life. I've sung in the choir and I take up the offering and I... Do this. It None of that matters. Nothing matters. Except one thing. Did you or did you not trust Jesus Christ and Him alone as your only hope of going to heaven? You say, Well, I, I live better than most people. It has nothing to do with how you live. And people cannot believe that. See, that's why in their mind, I live better than other people, so I deserve to go more than they do. No, you don't. You see, heaven is a perfect place. You have to be perfect to go there. And it doesn't matter how good of a life you lived. Have you ever sinned once? One sins; all it takes. Can't get in. But anyway, I want you to look at the next statement. Number one, eternal security does not mean that all who profess to trust Christ actually possess eternal life. Do you want to wait until the last day? Do you want to wait until you face God... To see if whether or not you're going to make it. Wouldn't it be good news if you knew it ahead of time? Of course to know it ahead of time. See, I already know I'm going to heaven whenever I die. But before I understood that, I was always under the impression, you know, if you're a good little boy, you get to go to heaven. Nobody ever knew where the girls went. But the good little boys go to heaven and the bad little boys don't get to go. And so you wonder whether or not, how how good do I have to be to go? And how bad do I have to be to go there? Have you ever seen that guy leading the singing? When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Well, I mean there. Now, look at number two. Eternal security does not mean that all who trust Christ plus their good works are eternally secure. God never promised to save anybody if they add their good life to it. God says you're saved by grace. Only thing you can add to it is your good works. And so if you're going to be saved by good works, and you try to add that to grace, you have annulled grace. Because grace means the absence of work. And works means the absence of grace. So is salvation going to heaven, is it by works or is it free? And the Bible says the gift of God, eternal life is the gift of God. If it's by if it's by grace and if it's a gift, it cannot be by your works. Regardless of what you think in your mind. Doesn't matter what that's not fair. You're not the one to call on it. You're not the judge. You didn't make heaven, you didn't make hell, you didn't make yourself. You gotta go by the one who made those places, and this is what he said. He says it's free. And yet there's a multitude of churches today and preachers on the radio and television telling people they've got to be good to go to heaven. You've got to give money to go to heaven. You've got to join the church to go to heaven. No, you don't. You don't have to give one penny to go to heaven. Never. And you don't have to do one good work to go to heaven. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. Now, most preachers won't say that because they they want they want people and they want money. But see, I'm going to be checking out of here pretty soon. As the Lord says you, it won't probably be too long. Well, I don't need to tell you a lie, what, 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 what do I need to lie to you for? I'm going to tell you the truth, because I don't want you to be somebody who profess that you know the Lord, but you really have never trusted Him as your Savior. You don't possess Him. Does He have you? Do you have Him? I know the Lord. And Jesus says there in Matthew chapter 7, He said, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He said, I never knew you. I never knew you. In other words, you never trusted Christ as Savior, and that's why it's so important. Now, in Titus in chapter 3, look at it very quickly. We've got a number of verses that we want to look at, but we won't get to cover all of them, of course. But in the book of Titus in chapter 3, right after the T's in Timothy's, but in Titus in chapter 3, look there in verse 5. If you don't have this verse underlined in your Bible, I would highly recommend it, because it's a good verse to sow somebody. Look how it starts off. It starts off with not by works of righteousness which we have done. But in contrast, to them, according to his mercy, he did what? He saves us. You see, you were not saved because of your works. You didn't earn it. You don't have a right to be saved. It is a gift of God. And that's why he says, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. That means giving you a brand new birth, born by the Spirit of God. You'll find that in the book of John in chapter 3, and in chapter, verse, verse 3 and verse 5. So, take your Bible and look at two other verses. Now, these two verses are some of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And these verses are worthy of being referred to over and over and over again. I have led many, many people to the Lord just by explaining Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. I was up in Minnesota one year. And it was a a dark day in my life, I thought. Everything seemed to be going wrong. I had back trouble. I was laying on this guy's floor. My back was killing me. I couldn't hardly stand up. And I before that, see, I had a big old thing I had to wear around me. I had two metal bars in the back of it. and I had to tighten it up, and I could, I could hardly walk. I mean, I went through that for several years. Anyway, I'm laying on the floor, and the phone. The guy says, there's uh, some people that want to meet with you. And they hadn't come out to any of the meetings, but their wives had. And so the wives were going home and telling their husbands what I had said, that you didn't have to keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven. Well, they knew you had to do that. And so they was going to... No, take care of me. They're going to ride me out of town on a rail. and uh, They had planned on doing some other things too, but I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know they planned on put, taking me I mean, out of this world. They were planning on doing evil to me, but I didn't know that. If I had known that, I wouldn't have went to their house that night. But I said, well, why don't we go see them? He says, okay. I said, you're going to go with me? Yeah, I'll go with you. So we went to see this, these people. There was about three or four guys there. And when I went in there, it looked like a low cloud, hanging cloud in there. And anyway, I went on in, and the guy I thought he was falling right behind me, but he was—he uh, <laughs> stopped at the door. But I didn't know it. I just walked on into the living room. Next thing you know, I got about three or four guys, and they all come right at me, and they hollered and yelling and screaming at me and getting in my face. And pointing. I mean, they—they were, they were mad. I hadn't even—I never met them before. But they knew you had to keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven. And that's when I had—I said can I just have 10 minutes uninterrupted and then then you can ask me any question you want. So they agreed, so they backed up against the wall. One went over there and sat right across from me and sat down on the couch. And I said as as much as I could, that was the fastest 10 minutes of my life. And finally, one of them says, are you through? I hated to say it, but I was. He says, that verse you read, he says, can you show me that in the Bible? I said, yes, I can. He said, do it. I opened my Bible to Ephesians 39 and I walked over to him. I got down where he could read it. And look what it says. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It was contrary to everything they had heard. They said, you've got to go to church. Now, they didn't go to church. You've got to live a good life. Well, they didn't. But they know you're supposed to, and you're not supposed to go around telling people the opposite of that. And you've got to keep the Ten Commandments. Of course, they didn't know what they were, but you've got to keep them. And so when I explained that to him, he looked up and he says, the other guy, he says, sit down and shut up. It's in the book. They believed the Bible. They didn't know what it said. And I showed him what it said. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. He melted. He trusted Christ as Savior that night. He became the elder in the church that started up for later. And then another guy that led to the Lord that night, he became the other elder. And then his son, well, they met me the next morning. He trusted the Lord and went to Florida Bible College for a year with five kids. Only went one, one year. And uh, they started a church, and he was the pastor up there for about 35 years. All because of Ephesians 2 8 9. It's a powerful verse. Well, look what it says. He was oh, I know the Bible, I've been through the Bible. Yeah, but do you understand that? If you don't understand that, you didn't get it. For by grace are you saved. Through faith. That means you put your faith in what Christ did for you. That not of yourselves. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And yet you'll be surprised how many people think they're going to heaven because, well, I I live pretty good. I'm doing the best I can. I'm as good as anybody else, and don't get it. it has nothing to do with your eternal destination, because eternal life is the gift of God. It's free. Look at the next statement. Eternal not, number three. Eternal security does not mean that knowing for sure that you are saved forever should be a license to sin, but rather grants you liberty to serve Christ. I've had so many people say, "Well, all you're doing is giving people a license to sin." Okay, if I don't tell them the gospel, what are they doing anyway? What are they doing anyway? How are people living their lives now? If they had never met me, if I had never said a word, they're still doing exactly what they want to do. They're living however they want to live. So don't blame it on me for how they live. And don't blame it on me or God or the gospel when people live like the devil. I know God and I know the Bible and I believe in the Lord and I don't try to live like the devil just because I believe that I have eternal life and I'm going to heaven when I die. Just the opposite. I want to live for the Lord with all my heart and serve Him all the days of my life. I want to live as godly as I possibly can and it's because I don't have to. Just the opposite. Because I know He loves me. Because he paid for all of my sins. And I know he loves me because he gave me eternal life and he never cast me out. And I know it because, see, I'm his child and he's now my heavenly father. And also, I also understand that he said he'd bless my life if I would serve him and he'd chasten me if I didn't. And I would rather have God's blessings. I've often wondered why God allowed me to have a dad that beat the tar out of me every time I turned around to let me know it's better to obey than disobey. Because now I have a Heavenly Father. And my Heavenly Father doesn't go around getting up in the morning and says, I'm going to get yanky today. Ooh. Now my earthly father, he would give me a, a whipping just for general principle. He didn't have to know what it was that I did. he just knew I did something. And I'd get a whipping. If I got one in school and I got home, I got another one. And he didn't take me out behind the woodshed. Didn't do it anywhere he was. At any moment. Now let me tell you this, and this is the truth. Raise my right hand. My dad came to the house one day. And remember, now we, we lived way out in the woods. My dad was a bootlegger. We didn't live in town. Somebody said, "You raised on the wrong side of the tracks." No, there weren't no tracks. <laughs> Not even sure there was roads. But anyway, my dad brought this guy to the house, and he was going to eat with us that night. And lo and behold, you know we had a table, but we had two benches on each side of it. And my mama sat down there, and my daddy sat on this end. And, and there was me, and then there was sister, Nett. Nett was always a little bit older than me. And across from me was Lizzie, and then there's this guy. I'd never met him before, but he sat right there. I still remember his name, Manuel Freeman. Never forget his name. I've tried to, but I can't forget him. I only met him one day, my whole life. And I remember his name. And there's a reason for remembering his name. We're sitting there eating, and my sister's sitting beside me, and she elbows me. She says, Yankee, I said, Yeah. She says, Look at him. And I said, i look at him. He's ugly than you. And I laughed. <laughs> my dad says, What are you laughing at? Nothing, nothing. He said it like that. And we ate some more. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a monkey, don't he? funny. I looked over at him. Yeah. (laughs) This time my dad says what are you laughing at? But the way he said it, you know, it ain't going to work this time. I got to tell him why I'm laughing. Now I'm five, six years old. I I haven't learned the art of lying. But they always say, you know, it's always better to tell the truth. No, it ain't. (laughs) My daddy says, what are you laughing at? I just, just as quickly as I could, I just says, he looks like a monkey. (laughs) My dad came back with his hand, took me clean off that bench. I went airborne all the way to the wall and down to the floor. Then he picked me up. Then he took me outside and he finished killing me. (laughs) I died. I've died a number of times. Guess what happened to my sister? Nothing. Nothing ever happened to her. I always got in trouble. But I never wanted to get close to my dad. Were you close to your father? No. But I got me a heavenly father. And I'm not scared of him. And he's he is just. But I figure I want God's blessings upon my life instead of God having to chasten me. I want to be a happy kid. And I find out if I obey my heavenly Father, I'll be so much more happier. And I know He's going to bless my life because He promised. So I serve the Lord not because I have to, but because I want to. Now some people think, "Well, you got to do right," but they don't. Wouldn't it be needed. Well, if they did. Why don't they? If you got to be good to go to heaven, I'm going to earn it. Yeah. Why don't? When are you going to start? But anyway, that's mentioned that number. For. does not mean that a Christian can live as he please and get away without chastisement. God said he will chasten his children. So I am his child. So I know my Heavenly Father says that he loves me and he chastens every son whom he receiveth. So can I live like I please? Yes! Can I get away with it? No! <laughs> Do you understand that? You're a kid born into your family. Your daddy, your little kid can walk up to you and says Mom, Dad, I just thought I'd let you know. Since I'm your child, I'm always your child. Right? Right. So therefore, I can live like I please. <laughs> Try it. And when you was a little kid, what would they have done to you? Murdered you just like my daddy did me. If you had any good parents at all. Now, look down at the next statement. I want you to see this because it's so important. The absolute assurance of eternal salvation is based on the unfailing and sure promises of God. Now, we covered this very well in Sunday school class this morning. You say, well, I wasn't there. Yeah, no. But anyway, in order to show the contrast between grace and works, Paul, in Romans, states this. Now, look at this verse. This is awesome. Put this right there in the book. Romans in chapter 4. Now, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. In other words, If you work for your salvation, then that means that God is in debt to you. God must pay you because you earned the right to go to heaven. So he says, now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace. So your salvation would not be by grace. It would be because you did such a good job and God is in debt. He he owes you. But do you think that's what the Bible says? What to do? How to go to heaven? Don't look at the best of it. But to him, get this, that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. In other words, if I will simply put my confidence in what Christ did for me, he paid for my sins. So that means if I really believe that, sin, I don't have any sins paid for. Now people, they hear that, but they can't believe. It. They, I can't believe you said that. You can't go to hell because you don't have any sins to pay for. Who do you think you are? Well, why do you think I'm going to heaven? Because I don't have any sins to pay for. Who paid for my sins then? Jesus. Well, how many of my sins did he pay for? Now, if if it was 99.1%, he didn't, he didn't help me none. Why? That one sin took me in. Either he paid all, or he didn't do me any favors at all. And He can't save me. The only reason He can forgive me of all my sins is that He paid for all my sins. So look at the last part of this. But believeth on Him that justifieth the ungodly. See, He justifies the ungodly. I'm ungodly. It means I'm not like God. God is perfect and I'm not. God doesn't have a sinful nature. I do. God doesn't do wrong, but I sure do. And therefore, Christ pays for my sin, and he can justify the ungod, just as if I had never done it at all. And that's good news, that God would save me. But remember this, he only saves everybody the same way. He don't save anybody a different way. You know, one way for you, and one way for you, another way for you, another way. Everybody gets saved the same way. What You have to trust Christ as your Savior. If you don't depend upon him, if you don't go to heaven. You're not forgiven, you're not saved, you're not a child of God, and you're not going to make it. Now, is this serious or is it not serious? And a lot of people are not telling people the truth about this. They say, I'll just go to church, do the best you can. You know, just love God and do right, love one another, pay your bills, love your wife, love your kids, you know, be a good family man. You know, go to work and be a hard-working man, and uh, all that counts. It doesn't count one iota. Zero on your eternal destination. We have sin and the reason we're going to hell is because of sin. S-I-N. So Christ took care of our debt. In full. Came back from the dead. And whosoever believeth. If you believe he did it for you, then he puts that payment to your account. So the reason I can't go to hell in the future, I don't have any sins to pay for. That's why I can't go to hell in the future. But people believe they can lose their salvation. Why? Because they believe they can commit a sin wasn't paid for. So you've got to get saved from it or repent again and do whatever has to be done again. If you can lose your salvation, how do you know exactly when you lost it? How do you know you haven't already lost it? Think. How good do you really have to be? And are you? And who's to judge? You? Well, I know I'm going to make it because I've been pretty good. Great. Are you going to be the judge? Or is there somebody else going to be the judge? The judge already says without Christ profiteth you nothing. Nothing. And that's what he's talking about in the book of Matthew. I've had people who believe you can lose your salvation, you've got to work your way to heaven and they'll quote those very same verses and apply it to me. So that's talking about you. And they don't see, it's talking about them. So we're pointing fingers at each other. One is by grace, and the other one talking about by their works. We have done this, and we have prophesied in our name, and we have cast out devils, and we have done many wonderful works. Look what we have done. Talk about their works. When I get to heaven and I stand at the pearly white gates, I won't have to worry about God sending Says No, why should I let you into my heaven? I said, because Christ died for my sins. Welcome. I get to go in. Why? Because I believed it. And that's why everybody has to believe it. Now look at the next statement. Because this is also very important. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. You see... If you had to earn your way to heaven by how righteous you lived, then it can't be sure because you're not faithful. You are not faithful. You and I are easily deceived. So you cannot be sure of going to heaven if you're trusting in your works in any way, shape, or form. This is why I usually ask the question. Is there anything you can do between now and the time you die that could keep you from going to heaven? Oh, yeah. Well, if you asked me that question, I would say, oh, no, nothing. I can't go to hell. It's impossible. I couldn't go to hell if I tried. And I haven't tried. But I can't go to hell. Because he, God meant what he said. He loved me that much. He gave me eternal life. Down at the bottom of the page, you're in bold. It is important to underscore three key words in this verse. Faith, grace, surety. And that's what that verse is talking about. Now look at the next page. I had given you these things here before, some time back. But I want you to make sure that you really get it. You really understand. Because one of these days, you're going to die. And you need to let your loved ones know that you're going to heaven when you die. And the only way you're going to know that you're going to heaven, and they can know that you're going to heaven, is that you're trusting in Christ alone. If they say, well, I know, that, uh, I know Aunt Susie went to heaven because she would give you the shirt off her back. Oh, that's really guaranteed. So, everybody has to give the shirt off their back if they want to go to heaven. Find that in the Bible. As somebody who wants to compliment somebody, boy, that's a Christian. If I've ever seen one, that's a Christian. She may be a hypocrite. I don't know. That doesn't mean she's a Christian because she lives right. She goes to church. She pays her bills. Does all these wonderful. Things. But has she trusted Christ as her savior? Haven't trusted the Lord? They don't go to heaven. If my mom had not trusted the Lord, my mom would not go to heaven. My sisters would not go to heaven. My wife would not go to heaven. I would not go to heaven unless I've trusted Christ as my Savior. So just look at some of these things here, and these are various verses. You can look them up in your Bible, and you can go through every last one of them, and you'll find out. That God says, if you do this, this is what you can have. John 3.16. You ever heard John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten son. Oh, that's, that's right. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever keeps the Ten Commandments and comes to Calvary Community Church and pays 50%. You know. So simple. That whosoever... Believe it. Should not what? Well, what would that mean? Should not perish. It means you will not go to hell. You will, not per- you will not go to hell. But what? But have everlasting life. Then where would you go if you have everlasting life? To heaven. See, it's a verse that's guaranteed. All I have to do is believe. And what will I get if I believe? I will not go to hell. And I will go to heaven when I die. See, that's the gospel. But you know, there's people that they they will change every bit of that. And that verse does not say that. The world doesn't refer to the world. And Christ did not die for everybody. He just died for the ones that he, uh, he, he loves more than others. And yet the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. No. Look at the next statement. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth upon him. You see, here's here's the Lord, and he's got wrath. And he's going to to pour out his wrath. And all we're doing is waiting for the day of execution. We're going to die. But when you trust Christ as your Savior, who took your wrath, see, you're put over here. The wrath of God is still upon those who have not trusted Christ as Savior. And that's why you have to trust Christ as Savior before the wrath falls. And you don't know when you're going to die. Boom, and the very moment you die, you don't get a second chance. I'm going to put a tear in my eye and I'm going to plead and God, God knows and I know God loves me and He's just going to forget all about all those things and He's going to let me right on in. No, the moment you die, it's over. Your choices are over. You can only choose. Make that decision while you live. It is appointed unto every man once to die and after this, a second chance. No, as a judgment. And you're going to be judged by your works. Because you would not accept grace. So you'll find out whether or not your works really worked. But I can already tell you, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. No man's ever been saved by their works. And yet the lost man's going to be judged by his works. And it'll prove you did not earn your salvation. You are not hereby justified. You are not going to heaven because of anything that you have done. So, look at the uh, statement in the uh, little box there. How do you know when you really believe in Christ? Very simple. When you can say, I have eternal life. If I believe it, I'm supposed to have something. What am I supposed to have? Eternal life. Well, when can I say I have eternal life? Well, when you believe it. Well, when, I don't don't know, I really believe it. Well, when you can say, I have eternal life. Remember the illustration I gave to y'all sometime back? Are you married? Yes, I am. Do you have a wife? I don't know. You see, one comes with the other. If you're married, you're supposed to have, well, if you're a man, you're supposed to have a wife. And if you're a woman, you're supposed to have a husband. Are you married? Yes, I am. So if you can't say, I have eternal life, it's because you don't believe what he said. You have to believe these two things. One, what he said, what he did. Well, what did he do? he paid for my sins. What do I have to do? I believe he did it for me. So I believe what he did, and I believe what he said. And so you have to believe that. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself, so I'm trusting Christ as my Savior. He gives me as a free gift, everlasting life. Now take your Bible and look at 1 John chapter 5. First John in chapter 5, right before the book of Revelation, in that area anyway. You've got a little books in there, 1 John, 2 John, Third John, Jude. And uh, But look there in the book of 1 John in chapter 5, and look in verse 10. 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. There's a verse here you need to underline in your Bible, and I'll show you which one it is. In verse 10, understand, if God walks into this room right now and He says to you, if you'll believe on me, trust me as your Savior, I will give you as a free gift right now, eternal life and you'll never perish. And you say, I believe what you say is true. And then Jesus walks out. And then somebody walks in and says, uh, what you been doing? Oh, I was just talking to the Lord. What did he say? Well, he said that uh, he paid for my sins and all I had to do was trust him as my Savior. He gave me eternal life and he never cast me out and I can go in heaven and I die. He said, well, what did you do? Well, I trusted him. I believed him. So uh, where are you going to go when you die? Oh, well, I don't know. You know how Jesus says you can't believe anything he says. Would you be calling him a liar? Look what he says here in verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Did you have the truth, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. But now notice. He that believeth not God hath made him a what? I have people all the time that write me little letters. I know I'm saved. But I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. And I have questions and doubts. And I say, have you ever read 1 John 5, 13? 1 John chapter 5, verse 10? I said, God says that if you don't believe what he says, he says, you're calling him a liar. I said, now, if Jesus was to walk up to you right now and says, uh, do you believe? Yes, I do. What do you have? Well, I don't know. Well, didn't you hear what I said? You're calling him a liar. Now you might not say, well, I'm not going to call nobody a liar. But if you don't believe what he said, what are you doing? Jesus said, you're calling me a liar. Look what he says. He believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record God gave of his son. And this is the record that God hath given to us. What kind of life? Eternal life. And this life is where? In the church. It's in my good works. And keeping the Ten Commandments and giving my money. No, it's not a person. Eternal life is in a person. See, life has to come from life and exist on previous life. So if I want eternal life, I have to get eternal life from somebody who has eternal life. That's God. He only is eternal. He is immortal. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and He indwells you, He said, He that hath me hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's Him. Look what he says in verse 10. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So whether you have eternal life or not, depends on. Do you have the Son? You don't have the Son. You don't have life. You don't have eternal life. You can only get eternal life through the Son, through Jesus Christ. Now, look there in verse 20. Look in verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. We are in Him that is true. Even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and what? He is eternal life. So He said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. So how long will I have this eternal life? Forever and ever. You can't cut it any other way. Unless you... Just outright, call God a liar, deny everything that He teaches. The gospel is good news. It's good news that when I was 18 years old and I heard that God loved me, paid for my sins, and all I had to do was trust Him as my Savior. He'd give me eternal life and I can go to heaven when I die. I've known that. I've enjoyed 58 and a half years of my life knowing I'm going to heaven whenever I die. Because it was good news. It's not good news To think that my eternal destination rests in my hands. That's not good news. I don't trust me. Come to think of it, I don't trust you either. You ought not trust you. You want to trust your eternal destination? I'll trust Christ because He's God. He doesn't lie. and He made me a promise that if I trust in Him, He'll give me eternal life, and I can know that I'm going to heaven when I die. That was the best news I have ever heard. Now, look up there now in verse 13. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that do all of these good deeds. Now these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may what? Know that you have eternal life. Why is this written so that we can know we have eternal life? Eternal life is eternal security. How long do I have this life? Forever, eternally. And he'll never cast me out, never lose me. John six thirty seven and 39. John six forty seven. Verily, verily, I say you, he that believeth on me hath. Means present tense, right now. When do I get this eternal life? When I die? No, I've had it for fifty eight years. I'm not going to get eternal life. I've had eternal life. It was given to me. Now this old body that I got, God didn't give me my new body to go with my new birth. But I'll get that. It's coming because He's already bought that too. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, and the day that I get my new body. Like this one guy died, and on his way up, he says, I ain't got no body. There's a joke there somewhere. Like Y'all are all right. Take your Bible and close it with this one verse. Look there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. I want you to see this verse. It is a rock-solid verse. Makes everything wonderful. Verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. right, look up here. This hand represents you and me. This wallet represents sin. This hand represents the Lord. And just simply quoting the verse, For God hath made Him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. See, He takes my sin, and when I believe, He gives me His righteousness. See, this is uh, the righteousness of God. See, you can believe He did all of this. But not until you believe he did it for you and accept that payment he made. Then he gives you, when you believe, his righteousness. That's found in the book of Romans in chapter 4. When he talks about if we believe, then it is imputed to us. It's not imputed ahead of time. It's not like he paid for the sins of the world and everybody's going to heaven. No, no, no. He that believeth, that payment he made is put to your account. And God gives you his righteousness. Now if God gave me his righteousness, that would make me as righteous as God. I'm going to heaven, not because of any good deeds I've done. All I had was this, sin. And he says, even your righteousness are as filthy rags. There's none that doeth good, none not one. So Christ paid for all the sins of the world. But as you believe, as individuals believe that he did it, then God gives you his righteousness. And when you believe it, he'll give you his righteousness. When you believe it, he'll give you his righteousness. So I'm going to heaven because I've got the righteousness of God imputed to me. And you say, what if you sin tomorrow? He says, blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. Romans chapter 4. You see, all my sins are imputed to Christ. He takes and gives me his righteousness. For God hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that's why we trust Christ as our Savior. Because man cannot save himself. You cannot mix grace and works together. You're saved either by grace or you're saved by your work. But you can't be saved by both. And he's already said you're not saved by your works. So the only way you can be saved is through Christ. I pray that you have already come to that conclusion. And you know that. And you believe that. But wouldn't it be a shame for people to come to Calvary and hear this message over and over again for years and years and walk out and never understood it, never did get it. If I was asked you right now, with everybody looking at me, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Do you know positively beyond a shabbat out that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? Would you raise your hand right quick? Put your hand down. I mean, are not sure. No, 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 no. I'll give you the chance to make it right. Because you know you should. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If what I've said, help clarify it just a little bit better. This is something you can't get wrong. You cannot run the risk. You have maybe professed that you know the Lord for years and years and years, but you've never really trusted Him as your Savior. You have some confidence in your good life, in your works, and you're not totally trusting Him. You see, God already knows that if you've never trusted the Lord, but you'll do it today. Say, preacher that made sense to me, and I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die, and I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning. If you're making that decision, I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But I'm going to ask you if you would just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down. Zero at all, it all, right where you're sitting, say, yes, that made sense to me, and I'll trust Christ as my Savior. And what at all? If you've already trusted the Lord, you never have to do it again. If you're watching by internet, right on the screen, it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you would. Our Father, we thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. And we ask your blessings upon each one. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.